sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Please hang up and try again. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Yeah, good morning. December the 31st, 2020. Are we ready to put 2020 behind us? I think most of us can say definitely. What a year. A lot of heartache. A lot of, I think, unprecedented issues that have come our way. And uh, I don't know that 2021 is going to be any better. But for those of us who know the Lord, we know that his plans are perfect. That no matter what we're going through right now, he has it under control. We have to rely on him and stay within his word and his will. I want to talk a lot more about Bible today than I normally do. We're not going to mess with politics. I do want to mention something, though. I saw a video on, on YouTube, and uh, I may post the uh, link in the, in the notes today. I'm not sure yet. Depends on how motivated I feel. It was a pretty good one. The guy's a, a Christian fellow. He ended his video in prayer, which I always find to be very good. Uh, prayer is important, and that is what I really want to talk about today. We've gone through a very rough year for a lot of us. A lot of us have lost good friends. Uh, a lot of us have seen uh, our family members, perhaps, that we've lost to this uh, virus. Uh, right now, I have a, a very close family member who's been diagnosed tested positive. Uh, I know some other folks that are quarantined because of uh, exposure, and they, they don't want to expose anybody else. They had no idea what was going on, no, and usually you don't. So we have a lot to look to the Lord for. We have a lot to pray about in the coming year. Well... We should be praying every day, right? We should find that special place where we can go and sequester ourselves. I brought a message in my church last evening, which, which would be Wednesday. We still have Wednesday night services. I do the Wednesday night services for the time being. Uh, I used Matthew 6 as, a, as, a, as the... Uh, textual part of the message, and I, I really do encourage you to follow along with me today a little bit. <clears throat> I'm going to read a few verses. Now, those of you that know your, your scriptures well enough, you know that Matthew 6 is also where we find the Lord's Prayer, which is a better definition, is the disciples' prayer. The Lord taught them, <clears throat> you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But I want to I want to 
just very quickly in the time that we have. Look at Matthew chapter 6 and what comes before what comes before the Lord's prayer or the disciples prayer these guys wanted to know how to pray in Luke chapter 11 verse 1 they they ask the Lord teach us to pray and wherein he gives them their prayer that their outline that they can take the to God and uh It, it gives them a footprint. It gives them a place to start. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start with verse number 6. Back up, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be like the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. I'm going to go these step by step, piece by piece, just so we cover it. And don't, I don't have to go back over now in, the, in my original. I wrote a blog on this as well. It's not quite as detailed as I might get in a, in a verbal <clears throat> or oral uh, setting. If you write everything you want to say, You'll have a dictionary-sized blog written out, and nobody will read it. I, I keep the blogs fairly simple, fa fairly short, but I add the scriptures. I love to use the scriptures. I uh, That's just the basis for everything. And we need to try to understand them. And there's a saying that I picked up from somebody, and it says, we don't study the scriptures to know the scriptures or the Bible. We don't study the Bible to know the Bible. We study the Bible to know God and know him better. So what, what, what's he saying? He, first of all, before he gives them the prayer, in verses 5, 6, 7, and even in 8, he gives them some steps of things not to do. And the first thing he says is, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't, you know, these guys would stand out there in their robes and they'd make a big scene in the middle of town, you know, at noon, say they, they would drop everything, turn towards the temple and start to pray as loud as they could so people could see them and say, oh, isn't he special? But when you pray, enter into your closet. And when thou has shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Sometimes we have to need to get away from the hustle and the bustle of everything. You need that alone time with God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There are people who uh, don't like what I say. They don't like how I present the scriptures because I present scriptures. I use the Bible because I believe that's what God's word wants me to do. And it is God's word that I want to present, not mine. So therefore I use the Bible when I preach, teach, whatever. Now I know on this uh, recent stuff I've done on, on this program, this, this 
channel, this, this podcast. I've touched on a lot of things that are happening in our world and try to relate that to Bible. But, you know, right today, this is the end of the year. And the end of the year, I want to bring something to us all. I hope that can be a blessing. And I hope it can be an encouragement because we need encouragement and we need blessings. And I don't care what anybody thinks. When you use the Bible, you're using the best authority that you can. And when I read the Bible in red letters, which my Bible I'm holding is a red letter Bible, King James Version, it's the words that have been translated into English that Jesus said, period. I've been castigated openly by someone who said, well, you know, this message wouldn't mean anybody to somebody that can't read. I'm sorry. When you pray, verse 7, chapter 6 of Matthew, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Some people pray the same thing. They have missive books. They have outlines. They have a specific time of day that they have to pray, and they go into great flowing lengths of this, and they make a a show again of praying. Jesus says, don't do that. You're being vain. Vanity, vanity, as Solomon would say, it's it's a root of evil. Uh, get yourself out of yourself. I know sometimes I, I I say I, but you know that's just how it is. I'm not really trying to talk about me. He says, "Be ye, be not ye, therefore like unto them." For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask. And then he goes into the uh, disciples' prayer. Now, if you flip over to James chapter 5, verse 16. James, the book of James. James was a real fire breather of of a preacher until they killed him. But his words that were inspired by the Holy Spirit are left to us. And thank God for that. Thank God for that. Verse 16, James chapter 5. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I want to focus primarily on that last part, the effectual, fervent prayer. What does that mean? I looked these words up in in both Strong's Concordance and the Webster's 1826 Dictionary. I like Webster's 1826. He used Bible words, and he uh, you know the, the, he based his dictionary a lot on uh, the the uh, the Bible. You know, he tried to take the words and and give them uh, a a good basic meaning. It's hard for me to describe, but you know what I'm saying. Fervent and 
effectual and fervent in Strong's go together. They come from a Greek word, and I'm only going to use a little bit of Greek because Greek can get you in trouble, energeo or energeo. It's where we get the word energy. So an energetic prayer, a prayer with your whole being in it. That doesn't mean you have to get up, scream, holler, and go on for three hours. It just means you have a deep feeling here, and and God has placed it with it's a spirit thing. It's a Holy Spirit thing that God is, you know, just given you so much. And sometimes it's almost like a pressing, a pounding that you can't, you know, you just, you have to get it out. And you're like, God knows everything that we need. Jesus told us that. He knows what you need before you pray, but he wants to hear from you. Sometimes we don't know what we need. It's not that we want it's what we need. But these effectual, fervent, energetic, power-filled, spirit-powered prayer is what availeth much, a righteous man's prayer. And who is righteous? No one but Jesus. No one but God. But through his sacrifice to for us, his sacrifice for us, and our acceptance of it, we are then made righteous through him. It's an awesome thing to know that sinners such as us can hold the same righteousness as as Jesus in a sinful body. We have his righteousness, not our own. You can't be righteous on your own. I don't care who tells you you can. He's a liar. Our righteousness is in Christ, period. Now, sometimes... uh, Praying becomes a very difficult thing, and I, and I don't mean that in a in a sense of uh, I can't pray or whatever. Now, some people, they get to the point where it's very difficult to pray. They don't know what to pray. They don't know how to get started. The, the, the world and, and situations have crashed in on us uh, to the point where we almost forget whom we are praying to. We are praying to God. We are praying to Jesus. We are praying to the master of the universe, the the creator of all things. He has given us a door open to pray. But sometimes it's hard. We all know it. They say the average pastor of a church prays five or ten minutes a week. And you wonder why those messages are getting less and less inspiring. I'm not down on pastors. I'm down on bad ones. I'm not down on preachers. I'm down on bad ones. They are ruining this book that is so powerful, so wonderful, and they don't use it. They give you garbage. They don't give you the gospel. And the gospel's from page one to the end. I don't know how many pages are in this giant print Bible I'm holding in my hand. Let's look here. It's a lot because I, I, I have trouble seeing at least 1,475 pages. So there you go. Every page is inspired by God. Every page is his word. Every page has his thoughts, his feelings, his love for us in him. Now, if you have trouble maybe getting yourself kick-started, those of you that know this, God bless you. Those of you that don't, I'm just going to give you 
three basic outlines, and I, these are the things I, I, I handed out in in my message to the church last night to the six people that showed up. Psalm forty six. There's a I like Bibles that you know don't really add much. They give you I like chain reference Bibles. This is what this little one I paid ten or twelve bucks for, and they give you a little heading that you know you can use it to find stuff quicker. Uh, this one is Psalm forty six, and it, it's headlined "The Presence of God in Calamity." Now, when Everything, and we are in a in a state right now in our in our nation in our world. Really, uh, we're in a nation. Of, we're a, a, a state of calamity. We have a a virus supposedly that's sweeping through the world and killing people, millions or uh, over a million. There's people are making political hay out of it, and there's people that are making a lot of money out of it. They're making movies about it. They're uh, uh, there's a thousand sermons about it. There's a, you know, it goes on and on. There's podcasts about it. But it's a calamity. And, and there can be other calamities. I mean, you could have someone in your family who was in a car wreck, God forbid, or, you know, murder victims. I mean, whatever. In our lives, calamity is calamity. It can be anything. It can be something that's nothing to everybody else but to us it's it's like a crash of everything maybe it's a loss of a business that's happening a lot that's a calamity people have put all their lives or money and their time into running a successful business and it's fallen apart and you and you're crushed by these things it's called that's what we call persecution when you feel a crushing weight upon you it doesn't have to come from you know, Islamic terrorists or, or whatever, you know, you can get persecuted. Believe me, you can get persecuted by people in your own church. But, you know, life's struggles themselves can cause us a lot of problems. And now, now let's look at Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we need, <laughs> therefore, Will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. And then he says, Selah, which means rest. We'll rest there. The rest of that psalm is just as powerful, just as you know, it gets you back into that understanding God's power. Then again, the, the entire Bible is God's power re- reverberating through every page, giving us an open door to understanding he who sits on the throne. Do you see what I'm saying? I hope so. I hope you understand that I'm not trying to. We all have difficulties at times trying to keep ahead of the storm. It's there. It's It hits us when we least expect it. It comes just crashing in on us. Psalm 51. 
couple pages over from Psalm 46. Now, you know, sometimes we let ourselves get inside ourselves. We sin. We do stupid stuff. Uh, the book of Romans explains to us that we are sinful-natured men and women, mankind. We need an outlet. And sometimes you feel so disgusted by what you either said or did or even thought that you feel like God has no time for you. But he does. King David did a lot of things, and some of them all in one little spot that just weren't things that God has planned for us. We know his uh, role with Bathsheba, uh, he had her husband killed. Uh, you know, he did a lot of stuff he shouldn't have done. Having all these different wives is not really even part of God's plan, but it happened all the way through the Old Testament. The Psalm 51, most people know this one too. It's called the Penitence Psalm. The Penitence Psalm. Someone who's coming to God with a repentant heart. That's why God loved David so much. And God said he has a heart after, you know, a man with a heart after God. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And it goes on. You fall down sometimes. This is how God helps you get back up. He he reveals to you a way to repent of what you've done. He shows you a way to be penitent, not as the Roman Catholics talk about penance. They talk about penance. This is being penitent, asking God to cleanse us of those iniquitous things that we've done and, and give us a pathway back. Let's go over a few few psalms here. There's another one that talks about iniquity and, and whatnot. I think it's Psalm 68. That just kind of hit me. I don't know why. Prayer for deliverance. Psalm 69, actually. So you're gonna I love how you know you get some Bibles just have these little helps that really kick in and 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 give you a, a a way through Psalm 66 is a good one. God's power and works. But, uh, you know, forget all <laughs> I'm getting off track a bit from where I wanted to go. And I want to touch on Psalm 91. A few years ago, a football player, and I don't recall who he was, uh, under his Jersey, he had a, black t-shirt I believe on and it had Psalm 91 on it and I, I think that was one of those things like when Tim Tebow had John 316 in, in his eyeliner uh, you know John 316 got googled like billions or hundreds of billions hundreds of millions at times or whatever because people were wondering what's that mean Psalm 91, the same thing. It, when when this fella, and forgive me, I don't know who he was. This stuff just comes to me sometimes as I sit here. That he, 
caused an uproar of Googling, you know, what is Psalm 91? I had people ask me that weren't really too biblically uh, literate, what, what is that? I didn't know there were 91 Psalms. I didn't think there was more than 23, you know, or something like that. And Psalm 91 is a very intense Psalm. Most of us, I think, that are listening to me, and if you don't know it, go there and read it. Let it wash into you. Meditate on it. Now, see, we meditate differently than the heathens do. When we say meditate, we actually mean meditate on the power of God through the words that he has here. Psalm 91, like I say, I've only read a couple of verses of these things. You know, I want you to really, you know, write these down, uh, go to them, read them, enjoy them. Uh, meditate on him, reflect on that power. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him I, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And it goes on. Again, I don't want to sit here and read the whole thing. I want you to do it as a worthy listener, one of those out there that, that cares and wants to know more. I want to bring you more. I don't want to be like I've said before, I don't want to be a, a, a political commentator. I will use that uh, stuff here and there because it's relevant. And it's, it's, a lot of it lines up with what's going on uh, biblically in the world for us. And we need to know it. We need to be attuned, shall I say, to the things that are happening in the world around us, or we are going to get washed away by them. Friends, Happy New Year. I say that meaning I hope it is a for each and every one who listens and shares this to another. I pray that it's a Happy New Year for you. I pray it's a prosperous New Year, and prosperous not just in riches and wealth, but in pro the, the, where it really counts that you can be prosperous and winning souls. Or if you have not accepted Christ, I pray that you do that now. And it's very simple. You get on your knees or you can stand or you can lay on your bed, whatever you want to do, and you simply say these words, Lord, forgive me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for your sacrifice for my sins. Please forgive me, cleanse me, Fill me with your Holy Spirit and teach me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Simple. You can do a prayer like that. You can look one up online if you don't want to use that one. There's the, the sinner's prayer, as they call it, is all over. And it's used extensively by a lot of people. Friends, it's been a good year to just be able to share 
it's not been such a good year for a lot of us in what's gone on, but let's pray for a better year next year, 2021. Stay the stay in there. Stay involved. Stay tough. I hit the music again. I, I, I look forward to being with you soon. Take care. God bless. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Have a great day. <laughs>